Welcome back to the fourth and final episode of The French Fears, a podcast on immigration and national identity, hosted by me, Maya Fernandez-Powell. On this episode, we will be bringing together the different pieces of this podcast, which are ultimately leading us to this conclusion about the questions of national identity and immigration in France. We've spoken about a lot on this podcast, and I think it's important to try to recap what we've already discussed. In our first episode, we looked at how immigration in France actually works and how France's legislation is created differently from the United States and all of those important details about how immigration functions. We also looked at the issue of national identity and how it's been in debate for a long time in France and that the idea of how well someone will fit into French society plays a role in whether they are admitted into the country. On our second episode, we look deeper into race and how France's colonial and racial history influences the present French society. And how many people, like the French Algerians I spoke to, feel excluded by the rest of the French society because of their race, particularly by groups like the National Front. And finally, on our third episode, we got deeper into the exclusionary rhetoric of the National Front and the debates on national identity through the topic of Islam and being Muslim in France. Though France's devastating terror attacks made it perfectly reasonable to discuss and find solutions for the issues of homebred terrorism, criticisms of the entire Muslim community and the intolerance for any displays of Islam in French society revealed the true fear of groups like the National Front which is this fear that France is changing into a far more multicultural and diverse country where the white Christian French person is no longer the only face of France. All of these layers play a part in understanding immigration in France and why so many people are drawn to groups with tough anti-immigrant stances. But obviously, most people in France, when they're deciding who to vote for, and they're thinking about how they feel about immigration. They're not going deep into these issues. They're not looking at France's colonial history, looking at their history of immigration, thinking deeply about what national identity means to them. They're not necessarily going to be having these long-winded conversations in their head. And so sometimes I think it can be helpful to try to dial down these immense and complex topics into something more manageable that we can wrap our heads around. Dr. Dominic Thomas gave a perfect example of how a much simpler way of looking at France's immigration would be. He used the metaphor of a house. People have used a lot of the metaphor of the house. You know, when you have a guest that comes to your house, um, you are the host. You open up your house, you, your refrigerator, your kitchen, you welcome them. That is the responsibility that you have. But you also expect the person coming into your house to respect some of your rules and regulations. And that might mean taking your shoes off before you walk around the house or not playing loud music or cleaning up in the kitchen. So people use that as a model for talking about like what French society is. Interestingly... The National Front representative from North America used the exact same metaphor when talking about his party's perspective on immigration. 
Um, so yeah, so just just imagine like as if it's your own house, and you know you you decide who comes in, comes out, uh, and if someone comes in, you expect this person, you know, to uh, what, if, even if this person is different than you, but you ex- expect him or her to have a different code of conduct and to be every certain way. So, so, you know, everything goes well, you know, in your household. And that's, that's this very simple, uh, even stupid example that I'm giving to you. That's, I think that's how we perceive immigration, uh, with the FN is like, you know, if, you know, I need you, you're welcome. Uh, let's just, you know, this, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. This is what I want to say. I don't want. And, um, and everything works. I mean, it's, um, like imagine immigration as if it's your home and you know and you welcome people it's like on a personal level you will you will ask uh, and you will demand uh your guests to be of a certain way uh if if you know i i'm your guest and i go in your house and i put my feet on the table at some point you're like whoa that's you know that's now you know that's not my culture now if your culture is to put feet on the table all the time then you're gonna be okay but french culture has a certain culture with certain codes and that's why assimilation was very important, you know, before the 80s, because, you know, you integrate the, you know, basically the codes of the culture. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're allowed to be different and you're allowed to do different things. That's fine. But when it comes to general stuff, everybody has to behave a certain way. The National Front can frame their policy on immigration in a way that seems totally reasonable. It sounds like they will welcome essentially anyone who is not a threat to French society and who will make an effort to assimilate to French culture. But the issue comes in determining what exactly is French culture and why do people in groups like the National Front get to decide what that means? In nowhere in France's constitution does it say that a French person needs to celebrate or embrace Christian traditions to be part of the French identity. In fact, it says, La France est une république indivisible, laïque, démocratique et sociale. Elle assure l'égalité devant la loi de tous les citoyens sans distinction d'origine, de race ou de religion. Elle respecte toutes les croyances. In English, this means, France is an indivisible, secular, democratic, and social republic, guaranteeing that all citizens regardless of their origin, race, or religion, are treated as equals before the law and respecting all religious beliefs. Why is it then that the National Front defines French identity along the lines of being at least culturally Christian or embracing Christian traditions? The reason can be found in the National Front's fear that France and French culture is changing, causing them to feel excluded. The National Front representative from Charente Maritime spoke on these issues of exclusion, referring specifically to feeling like French people are no longer allowed to celebrate Christian holidays. Parce que aujourd'hui en France, nous rencontrons des problèmes dans certaines communes. Today in France, we are having problems in certain communities, in certain suburbs like in Paris or Marseille where these holidays are not allowed, because there is a majority of people who do not want these holidays to be celebrated. And that's a real problem, because now it's French people who are feeling excluded, even though they are in their own country. I mean, that's terrible. 
to feel excluded in your own country. That's terrible. So the focus of this series has been on France. But French fears can ultimately serve as an example of what is happening across the West politically, especially when it comes to immigration. As I mentioned in the first episode of this series, there have been a rise of far-right or extremist groups with anti-immigrant sentiment all across Europe and the United States, including a country like France, with Marine Le Pen as the runner-up in the most recent election. But you can turn your attention to many different European countries and find a very similar pattern. Sweden has the Swedish Democrats Party, a nationalistic group with anti-immigrant and populist rhetoric, and it's become one of the largest political parties in Sweden. Holland has Party for Freedom, a party in favor of a Muslim immigration ban in Holland, and with a leader, Hurt Wilders, who intends to ban the Quran and all mosques in Holland. He was the runner-up in the most recent election. If you go to Austria, it's the Austria's Freedom Party, with Heinz Christian Strasch as the leader, and who almost won the most recent presidential election in 2016. Hungary has the Fidesz Party, led by Viktor Orban, who recently won another election, who is fiercely anti-immigration and anti-Muslim. In Italy this year, the League, a populist and right-wing anti-immigrant group led by Matteo Salvini, won the most votes in the parliamentary elections back in March, shocking Italy and the world. In the United Kingdom, there are several anti-immigrant political groups, such as the United Kingdom Independence Party. But as demonstrated in Brexit, the majority of those in Britain have resentment towards the EU, and many towards Britain taking in immigrants. In Germany, there's the Alternative for Germany, who defeated Angela Merkel's party in her home state with her anti-Islam platform as a direct response to her policy on providing refuge for migrants. And of course, how could we forget the United States? With the leader of the most powerful country in the world, who calls Mexicans rapists, Muslims terrorists, who doesn't want immigrants coming in from, I quote, shithole countries, who sympathizes with both sides in neo-Nazi conflicts last year, and who has enacted a Muslim ban and intends to build a border wall between Mexico. And so, to say that understanding topics like immigration and groups like the National Front are relevant to today is almost an understatement. The world is changing before our eyes, with countries everywhere in the West having groups like the National Front who are capturing the hearts of many, tapping into their fear and frustration. And for many, they are winning. But there are some differences to take into account between the parties in these countries, particularly between Le Pen and Trump. For those of you who don't know, Marine Le Pen was one of the first to congratulate Donald Trump on his win in the presidential election, saying that Trump had made the impossible possible for someone like Marine Le Pen, and with Trump endorsing Le Pen, saying that she was the strongest candidate in the French election. But there are some differences that are important to note when comparing Donald Trump and Marine Le Pen. Specifically, when looking at the National Front's policies on certain issues, which don't necessarily align with what Donald Trump stands for. In other words, while there are many important similarities between Le Pen and Donald Trump, there are certain differences 
that would make it too simplistic to say that Le Pen is simply a French version of Trump. Some topics people like would say, oh, she's a Democrat. That, that, this, that's the person wrote that is a Democrat, is a liberal. And some people on other topics will say, oh, yeah, no, that's definitely a Republican. <clears throat> so in other words, there's things from the National Front. If, if the FN was a, uh, an American uh, party, uh, some stuff will definitely be like almost call it as being communist, right? Uh, and some of the stuff will be definitely like a far right uh, Republican. So I would say the FN is this hybrid party, and that's why – I would say, yeah, the, the right-wing movement, but there's many other stuff that are very, like, liberal and uh, in terms of schools, in terms of, 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 uh, of um, medical assistance, in terms of, of retirement, uh, in terms of protection of, of women, um, which those are stuff that could be considered as being, you know, uh, here as a Democrat topics or liberal topics. A group like the National Front since it is a French far-right group, greatly values things like social services. That is not something that's similar at all to Donald Trump and typically the Republican Party in the United States. So there are those important cultural differences to make when comparing Trump and Le Pen. But nonetheless, their ideologies are very similar in terms of the fact that they turn a lot of their attention to being anti-immigrant, that they feel like their countries are under attack and that they need to make their countries great again, and the way that they are able to tap into fear and frustration. As we wrap up this podcast, there's something that we haven't spoken about that I think is very important to think about when we think about this greater pattern of countries having parties that are anti-immigrant. In a few moments, we will be talking about one country that we have not run into yet in this podcast, but a country that is incredibly fascinating in this larger discussion of rising anti-immigrant and nationalistic sentiment in Europe. have not spoken about at all is Spain. You will have noticed that when I was talking about the countries that all have some form of far-right presence or anti-immigrant party, I did not list Spain. Spain is a country that has experienced a massive economic crisis, and it still has an incredibly poor economy. Geographically, the country is extremely close to Northern Africa, and it has taken in many more immigrants than France in the recent migrant crisis that Europe is facing. Spain has also been a victim of a terrorist attack in recent years, the Barcelona attack in 2017 by Islamic extremists. But unlike France and many other countries in Europe, Spain does not have a far-right anti-immigrant movement. In 2016, there was a far-right party in Spain and it got less than 1% of the election vote. So why is it that Spain, given that it hits all the criteria in terms of what tends to lead to anti-immigrant sentiment, has not fallen into the similar pattern that we've seen in other European countries? I spoke with Professor Joaquin Arango. He's a professor of sociology at the Complutense University of Madrid, 
and director of the Center for the Study of Migration and Citizenship at the Ortega y Gasset Research Institution. He told me a little bit more about the attitudes in Spain towards immigrants to help me understand why maybe Spain hasn't seen this anti-immigrant sentiment. Y los impactos de la inmigración en general fueron evaluados como positivos. The impacts of immigration in general were seen and evaluated as something positive. And in Spain, we have not seen a right-wing populist party like many other European countries. I think it has to do with the political culture of the country that really reformed itself in the years following the end of Franco's dictatorship 40 years ago. Professor Arango felt that the country's history living under a dictatorship, under Franco's dictatorship, was really something that would prevent them from ever wanting to go back to voting for a party that had those similar values. I thought that that was a pretty logical argument, but it didn't really add up with what I was seeing in other countries. Italy also had a fascistic dictator under Mussolini, and they have recently voted for a party that holds those similar populist, anti-immigrant, nationalistic values. France was occupied by Nazis, um, as was much of Europe, and many of those countries are voting for parties that have slightly similar values. So even though it made sense that a country would never want to vote for something that would remind them of those terrible times in the 20th century, it seems to not be stopping certain countries from doing that. So I was trying to think of what would be another theory for why Spain has not seen a rise of an anti-immigrant far-right populist party. Dominic Thomas provided another theory on why Spain is an exception to what we are seeing in the rest of Europe. Southern Spain has got such massive unemployment that you would think that the question of you know, stigmatizing migrants and so on, you know, would work. So I think it's different because French national identity is really at the crux of this, you know, is that there's this sort of absolute obsession with what it means to be French in the world, you know, and the French still see themselves as this global civilizationist power, you know, that's sort of up there with the United States and so on. And I think that some countries, Spain in particular, doesn't see itself as being a global power, um, as something that has to, there's sort of a global identity that they have to hold on to or spread around. And so it's interesting that so many of those debates in Spain have turned towards their own internal identities, like what does it mean to be Catalan? What does it mean to be Basque and so on? Rather than thinking about um, what does it just mean to be Spanish? Whereas in France, it's perfectly unitary. They've given up on those sort of ideas of being from Brittany and those areas. It's just about being French. And I think that the identity issues in Spain have been taken over by regional identity questions and less focused on the questions of, of immigration and that politicians, and I think this is the real indication, are not getting much um, grip by when they go after those kinds of questions of stigmatizing migrants because people have not found it to be a major, um, a major problem um, for them in, in that society. While the answer as to why Spain has not experienced anti-immigrant sentiment in politics is still very unclear, 
and as many academics and experts still puzzled over Spain and wondering why it is an exception. I do believe that Dr. Thomas's theory about national identity makes a lot of sense because national identity, as we've seen, is really at the heart of a lot of these nationalistic movements that are targeting immigrants. One of the main tactics they use to try to target immigrants and to garner support for their parties is to make it sound like they are a unifying party, that they are the party for the true French or for the true Austrians or the true Germans or however many countries that are part of this movement. And Spain really doesn't have that because Spain is so fragmented within its country. There's actually a lot of issues with regional identity and regional conflict in terms of political movements. And so the idea of making Spain for the Spanish, as Marine Le Pen says, France for the French, does not really connect with Spanish people. But nonetheless, Spain will continue to be a mystery, and I'm very curious as to see where it goes um, in my lifetime and see if Spain continues to be an exception to these political movements. Um, but of course, as we've seen, there are many other countries where these nationalistic, anti-immigrant sentiments really connect. And so why, why do people feel this way? You know, we've talked to the National Front about how they feel like France is no longer truly French, that you can go to communities where there are cultures that are not traditional French cultures, and that makes them feel uncomfortable and excluded. But I wanted to really ask them about, like, what are they feeling inside? Why, why is a community having a different culture, why is that such an attack on them? Um, because for me, I don't... I don't really understand how that could be so threatening to them. Why can't they just accept that there are different cultures in France? And so my question really came down to why do people feel this way? And why are so many inclined to vote for parties that exclude anyone who may be different, who are all about nationalism and patriotism, and who want to fight against establishments? And who better to ask than the representative, someone who is dedicated to supporting the National Front. The representative from North America for the National Front gave me his perspective on why so many, like himself, support a group like the National Front. I was talking about this underground movement of uh, people being not happy, of discontent, of people seeing that the the way their parents were living, you know, it's they will not experience the same. Uh, you know, in, in in both countries, technically, you, the kids should live better than their parents. You know, like uh, like you, the kids should have more opportunities than their parents. They should have a better job than their parents. You know what I mean? Like that's that's how you know society was built. You know. Uh, for a while, whether it's in the U.S. or France. And now what you see is the complete opposite. Is Now what you see is that parents are concerned that their kids will, you know, will will struggle. And that's that's not unreasonable to, to see uh, that kids are staying at their parents' you know, house for longer than they should or that, you know, their own parents did with their grandparents. So which means that there is a... Um, a collapse of many, many different things that is now affecting the population, whether it's employment, whether it's security, whether it's just lifestyle. Uh, oh God, you, you can talk about so many things like internet, whatever, just name everything. There is this underground movement of 
people that may not totally are able to define what they feel, but they do feel something and what, what they feel, uh, this, um, uh, what they feel is real and what they feel is legitimate. And when I when that's why when I heard like people saying at work, I'm going to vote for Trump and I'm like, okay, why are we going to vote for Trump? And the stuff they were telling me was totally legitimate. And I refuse and not because it's Trump, because I don't care. I don't care if it's Trump or not, but I refuse like people to, um, to humiliate or to, uh, uh, or to make fun of those who voted for Trump, because th- th- those people also have a voice, and they also, you know, they also have stuff that they feel and that they, you know, and and it, they're not just crazy people. Um, so, and it's something happened with Le Pen, and something happened with the voters for Le Pen. Like this, there's there's something, and, and I would say, and Macron's making this mistake, and I think the Democrats are making this mistake not to understand what people are saying. Why are people voting for the National Front? It's about feeling. People are voting with emotion. Parties like the National Front are not providing intricate policies on how to tackle these incredibly complex issues of unemployment, globalization, and immigration. Instead, they are tapping into feeling. They are getting at the frustration, the sadness, the feeling that people are being unheard and have been treated poorly by former presidents or administrations. They are speaking to primarily white people who feel like they have worked hard and have received nothing in return. That globalization is beating them down when it comes to unemployment, with many of their jobs, specifically industrial ones, were once stable, income suppliers, and now are no longer there for them. With all of that comes a changing world where people are constantly moving, bringing new ideas and cultures. When a group in a country feels like they are struggling, they will be far less inclined to open up their country to someone else who is looking for a better life or seeking refuge. If they can't have a good life there, why should they have to open up their borders to someone else to come in? And if anything that the National Front is doing, they are fueling fear. Like Dr. Thomas said in the last podcast, people in France are afraid. They are afraid of losing their jobs, of not having enough to sustain themselves and their families. They are afraid someone else is going to come in and take that job away from them. They are afraid of terrorists and Muslims because they have experienced terrible terrorist attacks in recent years. And now they have political leaders making them even more afraid of anyone who looks different than them, who has a religion and set of traditions that may be different. The world is changing and they feel like they are getting left behind. And what they want is to go back to when their lives were far easier, when they had stable jobs. And what the National Front is telling them is that we hear you, we see you, and we are here to represent you because you are a real French person. And the people who you should blame for these issues that you are experiencing are the immigrants, are the people of color, are the Muslims who are coming in and taking your job. National identity has essentially become a tool to make those who feel like they have been unheard and left out once again feel like they matter and that they are a real French person and that someone else who looks different than them is not. And I believe that something that really frightened me the most from doing this project was when 
the representative from North America talked about how Macron and the Democrats are making a mistake and not listening to these people. And he strongly believed that someone like Trump would be reelected if issues were not addressed. Someone like Le Pen will eventually come to power. And obviously he believes that because he believes in the national front. But I don't think that we can underestimate what he's saying. I mean, if anything, the most recent election in the United States and what's happening all across Europe displays how out of touch a lot of politicians are with the sentiment and the feelings of frustration and anger that people have. A lot of it a product of the poor economies, a lot of it a product of just feeling like they are not heard anymore. And so, I mean, for someone like Macron, there is now enormous pressure for him to have a visibly positive impact on France, because if he fails miserably, it will be even easier for someone like Marine Le Pen to be seen as a solution, someone who's coming in with completely new ideas, who's saying that these establishment elites are the reason why all of this has gone wrong and that we need to dramatically change everything. And most importantly, we can no longer keep taking in other people who do not represent our values and are not real French people. With all that being said, I, I do not think that nationalism and patriotism are necessarily bad things. People should be allowed to be proud of where they are from and express that. But right now, what we're seeing is nationalism being used as a tool for exclusion and a way to other people of color, Muslims, and immigrants. And I think that groups like the National Front are framing what it means to be French in a way that is truly not French at all. France is about liberté, égalité, fraternité, liberty, equality, and fraternity, intolerance for different cultures, stereotyping, and telling someone that they are not French because they do not look like you is not in line at all with these values. I truly believe that people like Marine Le Pen are actually un-French for believing the things they do about creating a France that excludes and limits what it means to be French. France is facing some incredibly challenging issues right now in a world that is changing, as is the rest of Europe. What they need in a time like this is not greater division, as groups like the National Front create, but instead, solutions that actually help people in these countries live prosperous lives. Blaming the immigrant, or anyone with a different culture, religion, or any other aspect of identity, will only leave France splintered and lagging behind. I suggest that France remembers its values of liberty, equality, and fraternity, because that is what makes France a great country. Thank you for listening to French Fears. Thank <laughs> you.